0: Just secretly, I think I've developed a time machine. Not me personally. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's just, it's these little adventures get to go on uh, with just one bite.
1: This is Lit and Lucid, your after work de-stress smoke sesh podcast.
2: I'm your host Lit.
1: And I'm your host Lucid. And we're going to take you on a journey.
2: A journey to discover the truth and find the balance.
1: Every week we get deep on those thought-provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe.
2: But we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture.
1: So kick back,
2: consume your favorite cannabis products, and get cozy cozy in the the lit
1: and lucid lucid lifestyle. lifestyle.
2: Welcome, everybody, to the Lit and Lucid podcast. You guys, it is 420 week, and that's probably my favorite week of the year. So, of course, we had to have another podcast episode. Uh, Joining us today for 420 is our friends at Coda Signature. They are a leader of cannabis-infused products here in Colorado. Joining us is Lauren Gockley. She is the co-founder and chief innovation officer at Coda. After completing her culinary training in France, Lauren was named one of the dessert professionals' top 10 chocolatiers in North America. She also has an extensive industry experience in Parisian pastry shops and even worked in a Michelin star restaurant in New York. Today, Lauren is responsible for driving product development, established best practices, and maintaining strict quality standards across all of CODA's award-winning product lines. If you're in Colorado, I know you've probably seen CODA on the shelf. They're one of our favorite edibles, so we're super honored and excited to have you join us on the show today, Lauren. With that, welcome.
0: Thanks so much, Lucy and Jared. It's so exciting to be here. Have loved getting to know you over the past couple of weeks through your podcast, uh, through your blog. So thanks so much for having me.
1: Absolutely, and and yeah, you know, we look forward to getting to know you more and learning more about Coda and the offerings. And I have to say, you know, I'm a big fan of chocolate edibles myself. They're absolute fave, and and I'm going to plug a couple of my favorite, you know, Coda chocolates later in the episode. So excited to kind of get to that. But before we get too far down the road with Coda and kind of what you guys have been up to, uh, let's learn more about you, Lauren. And and I know you have a, a pretty deep and a pretty impressive culinary background. You know, Why don't we start there and, and, and kind of tell us you know, a little bit about that and kind of how that led you to cannabis?
0: Yeah, uh, great question. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think my kind of journey, uh, strangely enough, actually started with music. Um, I, was a, a, I grew up in a very musical household. Both my parents were singers. Um, I had a, a pretty clear direction that I was gonna grow up and, and sing on the great stages of the Met and <laughs> be an opera singer. Um, But, you know, just just as my kind of studies went on, um, I realized that, you know, I really just loved music too much to kind of have that turn into a career. I didn't want to have it be anything that I could ever possibly resent or have any negative feelings towards because music is just this amazing uh, connector, amazing art form. And so after kind of making that transition away from music, I really started to be drawn towards towards food and, and chocolate in particular, um, you know, the, the chocolate uh, as an ingredient, as a uh, way to connect with people and, you know, at its core, it's this amazing source of nourishment. Yeah. So really with the main focus on chocolates, um, I had the incredible experience of going abroad to France and spending about uh, six months working, pretty much working in chocolate factory. Um, so it's, I'm not going to lie, it's everything you are imagining it could be. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I just remember so fondly, you know, walking to school in the morning and you you, you would just know you're moments away from um, just absolute bliss because the smell coming from the roasting cacao beans would hit mm. you and, you know, it's just, it's just magical. And getting to work um, in, you know, uh, an environment um, with French pastry chefs, fresh French chocolatiers, and, and see how they were able to strike a balance between passion and discipline um, and really wanting to carry those two pillars kind of through my career, through my studies and, and really through my passion for, for chocolate and confection as a whole. So what was just immersed in an immense amount of culture, food, and you know, not just from uh, an educational standpoint of learning about chocolate, but you really see the French love of food. Yeah. And that was incredibly hypnotic and addicting, and you know, just just so uh, you just you, the the joy and the kind of balance they were able to strike between indulgence and um, you know moderation. It was quite inspiring.
1: Huh, that's interesting.
0: That's really and, interesting. And then what kind of really looking to carry that back into to a to a career? Um, moved back to the states. Started to work at a Jean George Van Gasterichten. Uh, restaurant that he had in Houston. Uh, I'm from Texas originally, so worked there for about two years. And then, you know, like, you know, like, like an after moving to LA um, as a chef, I moved to New York. <laughs> and secretly, I like to say I moved for food, but really I moved for a boy. But that will just stay between us. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, had a, an immense opportunity to go and work pretty immediately with Thomas Keller at Per Se. Um, so Thomas Keller is the uh, founder of the French Laundry per se, Bouchon, just incredible restaurants with such a cult following, but you know, a cult following that deserves it. It is not only are is is the restaurant uh, just an, a magical experience working there was one of the more impactful um, environments that i I have come into contact with when it comes to not only building a food culture, but building a team, building a set of standards, mm-hmm. um, you know, setting, setting the bar so high that it's not that we're here to impress one person. We're here to impress each other and live up to the standards that we are holding all of ourselves accountable for and such uh, gratitude for that experience um, at per se. So I was there for about two years and then make kind of an interesting transition to be a raw vegan chocolatier, uh, which is, I think, part of where I, I started to understand how to develop flavor, how to create, you know, the the not quite the illusion, but, you know, the um, imagination of, of food. Because as a raw vegan chocolatier, your kind of um, your toolbox changes, you know, you're not you're not able to work with cream or, or refined sugars and butter and, you know, all all these really (laughs) magical ingredients, uh, all of a sudden, you know, don't quite play into that narrative. So just had to get more inventive and understand, you know, what breaks down flavor, what, what breaks down a pumpkin pie? What do you, what do you recognize as those key elements that transport you to the Thanksgiving table? Um, so it was just an amazing amount of detective work and, inventiveness and, you know, really saw that some parallels between my work with raw vegan chocolate and, you know, this, this new frontier of cannabis. And, you know, while I was in New York, um, really started to learn more and more about cannabis. And I'm not going to lie, and another boy entered the picture. And <laughs> this is actually my partner and uh, the other co-founder of Coda Signature, um, Brian, um, met Brian and, you know, he really introduced me to what cannabis culture was to him growing up in New York, huh. growing up in Brooklyn. You know, I just it was something completely new to me, um, to kind of see a really incredibly brilliant, high functioning person, you know, who, who had cannabis as part of their, their life, their, their mental health, their recreation. And it, you know, really contradicted all those stereotypes that we have come to have washed over the industry. I think we're breaking them down in a lot of ways, but yeah. it's still there. I mean, even even now, you know, it's still, there's still a little hesitance in sharing that I'm in cannabis. Yeah. But, um, you know, with with kind of that exposure to cannabis and, and working with Brian, I, I started to see that there was an opening, you know, really an opportunity to blend these two, you know, in- incredible forces in our lives, cannabis and food, and saw that that you know they, the the kind of need for you know a focus on flavor a need for focus on kind of making that experience more rounded more holistic and that that it's not just about kind of throwing the kitchen sink into a brownie or a kitchen sink into a cookie you know we can we can really elevate people's experience with cannabis and that i mean that just was so exciting and you know it's one of those moments in life where it's like oh the clouds parted and i know what i'm supposed to do now and (laughs) you know that it's just just a it's an incredible thing to be able to kind of go back in and and bathe in that kind of certainty and determination and and you know it's definitely paid off significantly
1: yeah i just want to know you know it's it's incredible hearing about your journey because you know i've been following coda probably since, you know, inception in some ways. And, and I could, now I could see a lot of these different aspects of your personality and kind of your journey Mm -hmm. in Coda. You know, you talk about the music aspect and that's something I always noted with you guys is, you know, crescendo line when you guys started. And, and I always, I had to, I feel like I had to look it up when I first started working with Coda. I was like, what does that even mean? And it was tied to music. (laughs) And now I kind of see it now and it's really incredible. And I think you guys have elevated the conversation just by your product line of, you know, you're talking about, you know, uh, you know, cannabis consumers can be sophisticated and kind of break down these stereotypes and uh, your products do that. Your products speak sophistication and, you know, high class and something that people do want to indulge in. And it doesn't feel like it's cannabis. It still feels like it's chocolate. Mm -hmm. It's amazing.
0: Oh, thank you. I really, yeah, I really appreciate that take on it. And from the very beginning kind of development of, you know, how we were going to present ourselves to the customer. Definitely with edibles, you know, I, I understand the fear, right? The the concern about not knowing what's going to happen. You know, it just is kind of a roll of, it can be a roll of the dice. And so hearing a lot of that from customers, from our dispensary partners, you know, creating a safe product, a trusted product was at the, the forefront of every decision we made. And, you know, sometimes safety isn't just kind of under the umbrella of compliance, regulation, et cetera, sometimes you want to feel safe with something that's familiar. And starting with the packaging, it was very, very important that we created a package that looked like a chocolate bar, mm-hmm. looked like a box of truffles, you know, trying to, to show that, that there, there was intention behind these creations and that that, that plays into a person's, high. I mean, let's not forget this isn't just about taste. I mean, we're setting this stage We're we're preparing the mind for this experience that, you know, isn't, isn't short. I mean, we've got, it's with edibles, you know, we've, we have a very, you know, uh, long experience that is in front of us. And, and as much as we can be staying positive, focusing on beauty, experiencing something luscious, I mean, it just, they all play together in this, you know, magical performance.
2: Yeah. I love that. I was just thinking about that too. Kind of Jared was reflecting on your experience, you know, the music. I like that you started with music because I feel like cannabis and music pairs really well Mm -hmm. together. And then you shifted to food and chocolate more specifically, which, what better than, you know, pairing cannabis with chocolate. So I think, you know, those experiences you already have. And now that you've added in this next level with the cannabis, as well as, you know, even being the vegan chocolatier, like that was a really difficult, probably, you know, to figure out, you know, like you said, like, Animal products pair very well with chocolate, so having to learn how to not <laughs> yeah. use animal products to create that same experience is very difficult. So I think that you you've been dabbling in it, like you said, like looking back and like seeing how the clouds had parted. You'd been dabbling in all these different aspects that have now come to Coda, where you guys really are, you know, creating this unique experience for the consumers. And I know we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that, uh, more on like your flavor offerings. But I really think that is what sets Coda apart from different, you know, other chocolate edible companies, because you do have, you know, just your regular chocolate bar, but what you guys are doing is really specific. So can you dive into that a little bit more? Like, tell us about more about Coda as well as like the chocolate that you guys use, and then we can talk a little bit more about the flavorings.
0: Yeah, to kind of bring ingredients to the forefront of cannabis edibles. I mean, I think that's, that that is a key element to this narrative, because we are, we live in this Culture: of very conscious consumers, and that should that should expand into every aspect of of things that we're putting in our lives. So it was very important that we made sure our customers knew that we were taking an incredible amount of care, not just with the you know the the plant, uh, but with every other um, ingredient that was going into our product, and of course starting with chocolate. So you know early on, um, I was able to develop a relationship with a company based in Ecuador called Republica de Cacao. And they are the sister company to the French chocolate manufacturer Valrona, which is where I actually did my study. So I immediately had um, a, a kind of personal connection to being able to, to, to work with a company uh, near Valrona. I know the quality, I know the people, and I know the craftsmanship. And Republica is still you know, a, a moderately sized company but a company that is very socially conscious. And so they are working with directly with the farmers, working directly with the manufacturers, working directly with the culture to not only support the culture ongoing, but support the culture of chocolate making. You know, not outsourcing it to a, to machines or, you know, just ways in which you kind of lose that authenticity, lose, again, the craftsmanship of chocolate making. And have been very blessed to be able to be working with them now for six years and are in the midst of finalizing a really exciting project where uh, we are working with Republica to create a custom chocolate blend uh, that will be exclusive to Coda signature. So about two years uh, to get right. Um, And I'll tell you what, occupational hazard, I had to eat a lot of chocolate.
2: (laughs) Um, Darn it. I know.
0: Uh, I say I say that with a smile on my face, of course. (laughs) Um, So that that is going into production in the next couple of weeks, and you know, really, just could not be happier to kind of be blending these two worlds together, Um, because I think there's the the you know not only just the culinary and the cannabis, but you know, the chocolate and the cannabis. I mean, there's there's such amazing connections and synergies with chocolate and cannabis that I've I've really only kind of come to uh, you know, really, uh, just adore over the past seven years as I've become more of an expert on cannabis and then seeing that connection with chocolate again, clouds part (laughs) and the magic starts.
1: That's pretty interesting. I, you know, and a a lot of what I'm hearing is that there, it it may not be as straightforward to combine the two as it, as it sounds, you know, is it, is it similar to other ingredients you found or is cannabis kind of unique in its you know, integrating it with chocolate? Are there things you have to pay attention to, like flavor or, you know, is consistency an issue or, you know, what are these challenges to, uh, you know, combining the two?
0: Yeah, Jared, you're, you're bringing up two really important ones, flavor and consistency. You know, I think one of the, you know, missteps, I think, with cannabis and the culinary is trying to mask the flavor because I think, you get overflavored, you get way too much mint or way too much sweet, you know, rather than really just embracing it like any other ingredient. Mm-hmm. What are the profiles? You know, what what blends well with, you know, sort of a, an herbaceous, you know, sometimes kind of funky uh, aroma um, that, you know, is so, you know, inherent in the, the, the cannabis um, uh, experience. And. I didn't, and I didn't want to come come out with something that was fake, fake tasting, fake smelling. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, early on used um, CO two extracted oil, and I I really thought that you know getting using CO two oil that hasn't been winterized, that hasn't kind of had a lot of those fats and lipids stripped away was really the perfect way to marriage chocolate and cannabis because you're, you've got like materials, you've got a fat and a fat. Hmm. And, and then at that point, you know, you're treating it like any other emulsion and you want to be able to obviously equally distribute that cannabis, but also ensure that that cannabis stays suspended in that material. Hmm. And it, it reminds me a little bit of when I was working with the raw vegan chocolate, because we also integrated a number of medicinal herbs, So ashwagandha, cordyceps mushrooms, you know, things, herbs that are really bitter, that are really funky. I always, you know, remember someone at one point, you know, identified mushroom, um, uh, cordyceps mushrooms as just tasting like dirt, obviously. (laughs) And, you know, so so it was very important to make sure I had a very small amount of mushrooms that had to get distributed to a large batch of chocolate. So really pulling from that experience so that not only was the flavor distributed, but the efficacy. Mm -hmm. is, uh, is distributed as well. And that's, it's key not only to, you know, how it tastes, but it's just key to making sure that people have consistent experiences.
2: Interesting. And I know like that's your specialty, right? Product development. So were you able to go back to like your fellow chocolatiers, like in France or even like New York city and like talk to them about this, or was it really still highly stigmatized for you? Like, what is it like in that industry? Well, I mean, I think
0: with over the past, few years, um, it has become much more celebrated, um, I think, because there are companies, uh, obviously, like Coda, but so many others that are taking a really you know, hard stance on quality ingredients and flavor. And, you know, that, that's, a, that's an open invitation to incredible craftsmen like Republica de Republic Cacao, mm-hmm. you know, our, our puree, our fruit puree manufacturer, who is, uh, you know, a hundred year old company based in France, which, yeah, I mean, you're definitely going up against some, some stigmas that are hard to, um, hard to combat. And, you know, we, we've invited our vendors to visit our factory. Um, you know, showing them, you know, again, the legitimacy of what we're doing, yeah. the care and the quality and you know, attention to detail that goes into, you know, not every chocolate bar, but every act of the day, you know, from making sure, you know, we've we've got all of our checks, checks and balances in place, our documentation, you know, every aspect of the cannabis
1: space. It's pretty incredible, and I got a vouch. You know, I've been to your facility, and I have to say, it's incredible. You you guys really do. You know, the quality of care and and kind of the the steps you guys take to to ensure cleanliness and like different aspects and. Uh, consistency, I can absolutely vouch for you guys. Really do. I was really impressed the first time I was there. It's probably the first place I ever had to put booties on my shoes and wear mm-hmm. a hairnet, and, and <laughs> then like, and you know, scrub my shoes when I walked in and out of doors and stuff with like the web mats. And I was like really blown away of like, holy cow! I've never seen anything like this. And it was probably one of the first cannabis facilities in Colorado that that kind of had you know those standards. So. I gotta say, you know, it really you know, it really shows through, you know, you guys' quality of care. It truly does show through in everything you do all the way to the finished product.
0: I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And and yeah, I I, I did wanna call out that we're we're so close to to Pueblo and, and Los Sueños and um and Lucy, I was so excited to hear that you're from Pueblo originally. So just really loved having that kind of call out to Southern Colorado.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Pueblo's, Pueblo's special to Jared and I, we both met in Pueblo at a Sensi night. So we always got oh, a come yeah. love to yes. Pueblo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, Jared, I appreciate that, that, um, Recalling of your experience, and we 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 joke around that we have to help remind everyone to take off their hairnet before they leave the <laughs> facility. You can you can get pretty far in your day without without realizing you still have it on. So
1: seriously, I have a picture somewhere, and I should go back and find it of like I was driving back to Pueblo with my hairnet on. I probably made it yeah. all the way back to the farm with it on, and they were probably like, "What are you? What's going on?" You know, but you know, it is. It's like it's interesting, and I and I I like that companies care that much. And I think that's why I've always loved your products. And, um, you know, I'll plug that, you know, uh, and Lucy's gonna get mad because I'm probably skipping ahead a bit, but you know, two of my favorite products, are your coffee and donuts and, and your fire and chocolate bars. And they're like a go-to of mine. And, and Lucy will have, you know, her gummies and at night and I'm always, she's like, what do you want? I'm like, I want chocolate, you know, give me, what do we got in there? Some coffee and donuts. And, the chocolate. <laughs> yeah. And then I, if I run out, it's like, oh my goodness, you know, but you guys, you guys have, you guys have paired these like fun flavor offerings essentially and eat like coffee and donuts. Like that's so fun. And, mm-hmm. and the fire Nord's chocolate to me was like a wow factor. I used to get these, uh, these like orange kind of chocolate like they're in the shape of an orange and they're already cut with like the orange pieces of oh, yeah. chocolate. Like yeah. when I was young, my grandma used to get them for us for Easter. And I love that. And so it always, you know, you guys as fire and orange really reminded me of that. And, um, you know, so I've been a, you know, a constant consumer since you guys have founded, And I've always found that you guys uh, have a great chocolate bar and chocolate works well for me in terms of edibles and, uh, really impressed by it. But, you know, talk us through this, you know, product development and refinement and, and, you know, what does it take to create these flavor profiles and, uh, you know, what does it take for, I guess, a, a flavor to, uh, I'm sure you guys have tested a ton of flavors, you know, what does it take for a flavor to make it to the shelf?
0: Well, Jared, I think you actually touched on a pretty important part of, you know, I would call it, you know, product, you know, the, the product creation, because I mean, it definitely is a life, life force and, you know, nostalgia being this incredibly important aspect of how we make connections with things and food in particular. And, you know, the fire and orange flavor is, I mean, you hit it on the head, is, is pulling back to that exact, you know, uh, orange wrapped foil, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, thing that, that, yeah, I mean, I can't even remember the name of it. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. You, know, you know, that aspect that all of a sudden you've gone to this really special place. And again, this kind of coming back to preparing your brain, you know, now it's familiar. I can, can, I can I understand this flavor. I understand this product. Um, and you know, it, it, there is a level of intimacy when I, when I talk about this nostalgia aspect, cause now I'm, now I'm integrating, you know, CODA into your personal life, yep. uh, to a memory. And that's a really powerful, incredible gift to be able to give to someone. And so, so much of the development, the creation is, yeah, how do we recreate these moments in our lives and coffee and donuts is another great example of, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a nod to my time at Per Se. Uh, there's an iconic dessert um, that's served at the end of the meal. That's the coffee and donuts. And, oh, nice. you know, I, I, I joke a little bit that, you know, I, I have still have burns on my fingers from all of the, the donuts I had to make. And, <laughs> and ironically, I, you know, in developing the coffee and donuts, I know, uh, you know, we're going to be making coffee and donuts forever. So it definitely has uh, stuck around. But it, you know for me personally it, it is very reminiscent of time I got to spend with my dad you know we would go early morning and get a fresh you know cake donut with cinnamon and sugar and like there's a very distinct for me smell in kind of not amazing coffee which at that point I didn't know but the, you know it's that kind of that aroma that that's kind of hovering in the air and you know creating that with smell and with texture and you know, all these elements of sensory experience that, that plug into, um, you know, our brains and just transport us. And, you know, it, it it's just secretly, I think I've, I've developed a time machine, not me personally. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, it's just it's these little adventures get to go
2: on uh, with just one bite. I love that. And I was thinking, you know, I only know about, you know, the Michelin star chefs from watching the Food Network, but they're very precise and meticulous and they put so many strange things together and create like this experience and this flavor profile that you would have never thought about. So I feel like you probably like learned a lot of that too when you were in New York, like how to actually do that and watching, you know, the professionals do that and you being able to create those types of meals every night. And now you get to do that on your own and create chocolate. And that's so cool. Like, do things just come to you at night or like are you like sitting there with like a spreadsheet like trying to figure out what flavors would work together? Is it just more of a natural thing for you?
0: Well, I think there's definitely a little bit of, of both. I mean, I I, I always love being challenged by something by you know someone giving me uh, you know a, a direction and I've got to kind of really you know think outside the box and just give a little you know example. My 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 wonderful little brother is getting married and I had asked him I go well you know can you give me some of your top ten favorite you know flavors or whatnot? And he he and his fiance sent me a list at the bottom it was Buffalo. And I'm like, Buffalo, <laughs> and I'm like, like the wings. He's like, yes. I like, okay. So, <laughs> so now I'm going to work on how do I figure out how to make a Buffalo flavored, uh, uh, bonbon or truffle. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, you know, some, some, kind, sometimes it can be definitely outside of the box, but you know, it, it is, it's trying, it's, it's, it's a balance between tr- being familiar and, you know, Letting people be able to identify with ingredients, and then also kind of wanting to push the boundaries a little bit as well. You know, uh, Lucy talking about Michelin star chefs and and how food is kind of really the food culture has entered into our lives so much over the past ten years. I mean, we we're we're hungry to, to challenge ourselves and just to, to step outside our own you know box of of you know what we know is safe and comfortable to eat and. I absolutely will constantly be trying to push the boundaries. Um, not everyone, not everyone, always agrees with it, but that's the 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 you know the joy of divergent thinking. But as much <laughs> yep. as I can, you know, bring a little nostalgia, but also make you think about it. I mean, mission accomplished.
1: That's pretty awesome, and I love the piece. You know, earlier we were talking about the sensory experience, and I think you absolutely have that even with coffee mm-hmm. and donuts. You know, you're talking about the cinnamon and and uh, the sugar, and like it's on top of, it and you can feel it, and you're tasting it, and it does. Like, it legitimately feels like you're eating, like, taking a bite of that donut. And then the aroma, um, I think going back to talking about, you know, cannabis pairings, you know, cannabis can be somewhat bitter. And, like, what better pair than, you know, coffee is pretty bitter. And uh, so, I think, you know, you don't even feel like you're eating a cannabis-infused chocolate necessarily. You feel like, like you said, you're getting this experience. And it is a sensory experience. And it's not something you would typically think like I'm getting a sensory experience from like eating food. But then when you do think about it, you're like, it absolutely is. Like, think about it. You got, you know, flavor and profile and you got texture in your mouth and you got the visual appeal of it. And then you got the smell and there's a lot going on when you're eating food. And so um, just on you to, to kind of think through all that and incorporate that into a product, you know, especially a canvas product where, you know, we've all seen our fair share of you know, different products that are out there that are just infused and they kind of throw it on the shelf and, and, you know, go for it. And, uh, there's not a lot of thought put into it just to see a company like yours. And especially you Lauren taking the time to incorporate these elements is pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. And especially, you know, right down the road here in Colorado, uh, it's really impressive.
2: I appreciate that Jared so much. Well, talking about experiences, I know we all love chocolate, but I think I love gummies even more. (laughs) And recently, Jared and I tried um, some of your fruit notes, but it was a new flavor, the tropical blend or whatever that one was. And let me just say, these are amazing. Like, you want to talk about unique gummies on the market? Like, Coda has it. They're these little cubes, and I know they're made with, like, fruit puree, and then they're infused with, like, this vanilla sugar dusting, and they're only five milligrams, which is perfect, and they're vegan, which I'm not vegan, but I have some friends who are vegan, and, like, I instantly sent them a message. I'm like, check these out. Like, they're vegan. You can have them. And so for me, like, that is A+. So tell us a little bit more about these gummies and kind of how they came to be.
0: Yeah, my passion is chocolate, um, of course. But very early on, someone said to me, you know, Coda will never do a gummy. <laughs> I was like, what? Never? And, I, and, you know, I start really digging in and I actually, the industry is very responsive to gummies. And I thought, huh, well, never want to say never. But if Coda were to do a gummy, what would they do? Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, you know, Traditionally, chocolatiers obviously have a, a wide variety of chocolate products, but they often have a confection in their repertoire called pâte de fruit, which in French translates to fruit paste, made with pectin and real fruit. And I thought, huh, well, that's kind of like a gummy, but the elevated gummy, mm-hmm. and it absolutely plays into you know what what our direction was and is, which is taking craftsmanship, quality ingredients, and delivering an exceptional experience. And you know, we're being able to work with real fruit as that kind of key ingredient, um, I think really is a differentiator uh, for our products um, because you, again, it's, it's all about these real flavors, right? I'm not, I'm not looking to create the illusion of strawberry if I have the ability to actually put strawberry into something we, we doke around that it's not a gummy, it's a fruit note. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's, again, it's giving, you know, another option, uh, for folks that, you know, are looking for, you know, a a more focused ingredient product. Again, I think the fact that they're vegan, um, is so important, uh, an important option, an important customer base for cannabis. And I think that's going to continue to grow, um, not just for, you know, as people that are hardcore vegan, but just as, People that want to embrace a vegan lifestyle, you know, in in their their daily daily lives, um, but then it was being able to look at that fruit note and you know create some familiar flavors like our strawberry and rhubarb, mm-hmm. uh, but then step outside the box a little bit with lychee and cucumber. You know, if someone has to ask me more <laughs> questions about the product, it means I got their attention,
2: yeah,
0: and and that just opens up the conversation, and 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 then they're learning, and and we're sharing, and that's that's good. Mm -hmm.
2: and food. No, I love it. I I feel so fancy when I eat them and like the packaging is so nice and the flavor profiles, like they're unique, you know, it's not like you just, oh, I'm having a strawberry gummy tonight and it's just your your standard 10 milligrams. Like I love that it's very unique and that's something I definitely look for when I go to a dispensary. So I'm really excited that you guys have done that. No,
0: thank you.
1: Yeah. And just kind of talking about, you know, back to the very beginning of this and like the sophisticated aspect of this that there is like a, a market out here of people that that want that that don't want to feel like they're again you know just consuming cannabis uh, they want to feel like they're experiencing uh, uh, getting an experience I guess and also getting a high quality experience so you know it's pretty impressive how every one of these products you guys roll out you guys are able to capture that sophistication and that you know high quality um, you know, aspect of like all these products. It's like, you guys are really committed to what you do. And and I love kind of the backstory of even, uh, the, the fruit notes, I guess, and you really tying it back still, even to your experience, uh, with like the French aspect of everything. And, and so it's really cool how you, you're able to kind of tie everything together and create kind of this ecosystem of products that really, it really speaks with each other. And, uh, Lucy and I can both enjoy, our, you know, go-to products from, from Coda in general every night. And there's no, like, there's no back and forth of like, Oh, well I'll take that or I'll take that. It's like, she's like, I got this and, and I got that. And, uh, it's really, you know, speaks to you guys of like, you know, thinking forward thinking and and creating these products and also creating the experience that keeps people coming back for more.
0: No, I appreciate that. I appreciate
1: that. Well, it's kind of, uh, you know, we've no, you know, we talked about, you know, coded today and kind of up to this point, but, you know, tell us about into the future a little bit, you know, do you guys have any big plans, any kind of new products you guys maybe looking to launch or uh, new States you guys are looking to expand into?
0: Yeah, really, really good question. Um, so, you know, Lucy, I'm like you, I'm, I'm five milligrams, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit less, um, I, you know, being new to cannabis and by new, I'm saying, you know, seven years ago. Um, cannabis has a, a lengthy history well before, you know, recreational legalization. Um, so it, it, in, in kind of learning and understand, I'm, I'm still learning and understanding how, what kind of cannabis consumer I am. And I've been it for seven years, but there are folks that are just now getting introduced to cannabis as you know, an alternative to other, you know, recreational things, alcohol, or uh, you know, as as a way to help with sleep or anxiety. I mean, all these ways in which people are learning how to consume cannabis, and we, with the fruit notes in particular, uh, you know, we're very um, committed to having them be microdosed. Mm-hmm. Um and and that's at five milligrams. Uh, but now we're kind of pushing the boundary a little bit more and we're gonna be introducing a one milligram uh oh, fruit. Wow. Note. Nice. And and that's really to kind of start to make it acceptable to have more than one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um you know, it's 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 kind of a really it's kind of really frustrating as someone that creates food <laughs> to only be allowed to have one yeah. piece. Um, so you know. The, Wanting to be able to have people enjoy the experience, the, the kind of culinary taste experience a little bit more, but also to help people understand their dose and to help kind of gradually have have a, a high throughout the night, or you know, just not have to use a mandolin to shave off a little bit of chocolate or a fruit note. Mm-hmm. Um, so to put people back in control um, of their cannabis experience and. Um, I think it's it's a really important, empowering way to bring customers, bring our consumers, our customers, you know, on this journey with us kind of, you know, step by step. We don't need to throw everyone in the deep end mm-hmm. right away. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I, I joke around that at, at five, I can hang out at home and be funny, but at 2.5, I can go out on the town. There you go. Uh, so, you know, there's there's these levels of consumption that we want to be able to give people the option. Um, so really excited about that, as well as, um, you know, Lucy, you you, you uh, commented on our pineapple and tropical fruit fruit note. And that flavor, along with two others, is uh, where we've started to introduce our fast acting technology mm. oh, and, yeah. you know, fast acting. You know, we're just scratching the surface on what that means for edibles. Um, and I, I think it's such an incredible time where edibles, strangely <laughs> enough, I think are getting this renaissance from, you know, an incredible amount of technology. You know, you know, introduction of minor cannabinoids, um, you know, th- this really lovely um, kind of uh, resurgence of terpenes and solvent lists and really a a connoisseur's conversation about the material that's going into edibles. And it's, it's really exciting. Um, You know, again, kind of coming back to this idea of, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, you just threw in whatever you had left over um, into a machine and, and you got what and you, you kind of threw the dice, but now, I mean, our ability to cultivate, you know, really, uh, curated experiences. I mean, it's just, it's exciting. Uh, I get excited. <laughs> you can't see my yeah.
2: face and I'm <laughs> smiling. <laughs> no, I love that. I know Jared's number one, like angst with edibles for especially chocolate. He's like, I just want to eat the whole bar. <laughs> like, I don't just <laughs> right? eat a little <laughs> piece. And same with me with gummies, like eating one gummy is such a letdown. But I love that, that that's what you guys are doing for the future. Um, And I was just thinking, you know, it is 420 week. I saw you guys are celebrating your sixth anniversary and this is the homegrown series made in Colorado. So how has it felt to be a part of this Colorado industry for the last six years? Like, what have you learned? And like, how does it make you feel?
0: Um, It makes me feel at home. Um, You know, Colorado welcomed us with open arms, you know, three weeks after we launched or we delivered our first products. Uh, we won the High Times Cannabis Cup for best edible. And, you know, that was probably one of the most hilarious, but, you know, just eye opening experiences to be at the High Times Cannabis Cup award. <laughs> I think um, Cypress Hill played, oh, wow. you know, after the concert and you know, and then it was just this puff of smoke and I was like, wow, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is new. What did get into? Yeah. But I mean, so much fun. And, you know, from our dispensary partners who have just, you know, have this incredibly, um, their, their, their loyalty and, um, I think support and appreciation and, um, you know, I, I think where Colorado is right now is that it's it's not about these individual companies or brands. I mean, we are still in this stage of cannabis where we all have to make it together. Like there, mm-hmm. one person, one company's failure or one company's misstep is all of our misstep. And, you know, this this camaraderie, this unification, this singular goal, um, I think, to, to, to bring cannabis, to elevate cannabis you know, to, to help people in so many ways. Um, you know, you can't, that's, it's not very often found in where you work, Mm -hmm. um, what you do every day and, you know, to have my passion for chocolates lead me to cannabis and to kind of just see the, the, the scope expand so dramatically and to realize we're still just at the tip of the iceberg. Um, you know Colorado was the pioneer for recreational and could not be more honored and humbled to have been able to participate in its growth and excitement and um, yeah and, and looking forward to the future
1: I love that you know you guys are an intrinsic part of the Colorado market and mm-hmm. and I got to say you know we're we're you know extremely happy to have you on the show today and really you know cover your journey and cover you know Coda's journey up to this point and and kind of hearing you talk about the future Um, you know, up to this point, Coda's, you know, blown our socks off and you guys continually have innovated with new products. And and I know we didn't get a chance to even talk about, you know, the topicals and the bath bombs and, and your truffles. And those are all like excellent products that people should go, you know, explore their website and see what else they have to offer. And um, you're talking about, you know, what's ahead for the future and the one milligram offering. I think that's huge. And you guys are, you know, filling a need for society that uh, a lot of people don't even probably realize that it's going to benefit them greatly when they have more control over their experience. And, um, you know, you talk about you know the solventless and and different things coming down the road. I think it's really cool, and I think you know you guys are going to continually elevate the experience for the cannabis consumer, and then also elevate the experience for other companies that that kind of come into the fold and that look to to join cannabis or or you know just be a part of it. They're going to realize that the bar is set high, and uh, it is a legitimate industry, and it, it, you know these consumers and these products demand uh, legitimate respect for you know, what they're trying to create and the experience they're trying to create. So I think you guys really are a, a great steward of the industry and a great example of, you know, how to create, you know, branded products that, you know, are intentioned and, and meaningful and taste you know great and people love, you know, you guys have done a really good, great job.
0: I appreciate that. And, and it, it makes me, I'm, I'm headed up to Trinidad this afternoon and it makes me so excited to be able to share that with our team. We're having a little 420 celebrations of our own. <laughs> tomorrow. So I, and we've got folks with us that have been with us since day one, you know, six years. And, and to kind of share that with them, I think is, is, it's very, very valuable. So
2: thank you so much, Jared. Absolutely. That's awesome. All right. Well, we have two final questions for you. Uh, this season, we're asking all of our guests, what is your favorite place to eat in Colorado?
0: Oh, good question. I'm going to say tequilas on I-25 because they
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> when when uh my partner Brian and I lived there for four years, you know, there wasn't a huge amount of food options down in teeny tiny Trinidad. yeah did Trinidad. Yeah. <laughs> I've ate there.
1: <laughs> I love yeah. it.
0: But tequila man oh man. They never disappoint. Um that's epic. Oh, yeah.
1: Seriously, and like you can get so much food, it's like incredible. I have yeah. ate there on one of my coda trips. I went and visited yeah. and I was like, We're gonna go to let's go to tequila.
2: Trinidad's expanded. a fun little town too. It's really expanded.
0: It has, it has. I mean, from music and food, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm really glad that there's kind of so much more to support that cannabis culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it it creates this more well-rounded adventure uh, when you pull off I-25
2: and uh, yeah, yeah make the rounds. <laughs> yeah, pick whatever dispenser you'd like. <laughs> yeah, <too. laughs> or two. Yeah,
1: that's pretty cool.
2: All right, Lauren. Well, we have one final question for you. We are the Lit and Lucid podcast. So are you lit or are you lucid? Uh, I uh, am a teeny weeny bit lit. I definitely,
0: you know, took one or two uh, puffs off of a, a vape pen. Um, a new cartridge that I just got that is uh, live rosin from uh, Green Dot. Nice. Ooh. And um, yeah.
2: needless to say, it did not disappoint. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I know I'm probably going to go get lit and have myself a little gummy.
1: <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> it's nice. like still 420, right? <laughs> yeah. 420
2: somewhere and tomorrow. Right. Till
1: the end of the month. Right. So just keep celebrating it.
2: <laughs> All right, Lauren. 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 Well, I really appreciate this. This was really amazing. Thanks for sharing more about Coda Signature. You guys check them up out on Instagram as well as go check them out at the dispensaries. I know you won't be disappointed.
0: Yeah. And thank you guys. Your your podcast is great. I love how you're supporting Colorado culture and just cannabis as a whole and just have really loves chatting today. Thank you so
2: much. (laughs) Thank you. All right, you guys with that, I'm lit.
1: Uh, I'm lucid. And that's
2: it.
0: Laters.